Hey there, homies. Welcome to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast featuring candid conversations about modern society. Please do me a huge favor and follow us on Twitter and IG, both at underscore stuff I don't like, and also subscribe, rate, and review in the podcast app. For a complete listing of where you can listen to the Stuff I Don't Like podcast, please visit stuffidontlike.net. New episodes of the show are posted every Sunday at 9.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, let's get it started. I think blockchain's way bigger than people realize. Like, people are fucking with it, like, on a Bitcoin level. Then people are a little smarter on the Ethereum level. But when you understand what the blockchain is, my big thing with the blockchain is it can, it can literally overthrow America and China and Russia. It's that powerful. It's a platform of trust and we can do shit with each other and everybody else is out. All right, guys, that was a little audio clip from Gary Vaynerchuk. If you don't know who that is, he's one of my favorite podcasters, social media influencers, marketers. He just keeps it uh, real, and I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are sort of sugarcoating and motivational speaking like you can do anything but Gary is just like keeps it real so you should check him out but after I heard him speak about blockchain and bitcoin he speaks about it uh, somewhat often it got me interested in wanting to learn more so that's the inspiration for this podcast is blockchain and cryptocurrency today I have a special guest we're here to talk about cryptocurrency, bitcoins, because I don't really know what any of that stuff is. I mean, I hear about it, but my knowledge comes from memes, not reality. So I will say, disclaimer, this isn't really stuff I don't like, more stuff I don't understand, uh, which is bitcoin. So <laughs> uh, introducing my guest, uh, Cobra, the bitcoin expert. <laughs> Yes. Hi. Uh, yeah, and just a disclaimer from my side as well. This is not financial advice. Yes. I am not a uh, financial advisor of any kind. I am. I'm not really an expert in Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, anyways, Ray Ray. Well, compared to me, you are an uh, expert. Thanks. Which is and, not saying much. But <laughs> and I, I may and I may say something that may not be technically correct or economically correct either so also i'm open to criticism as well oh very good Mm -hmm. so to start off you know what exactly is bitcoin or cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. tell us about that so just a little history bitcoin was started around 2009 after the financial crisis by someone or a group of people no one really knows by satoshi nakamoto he He was a, he's a, or let's say he, to simplify that. So uh, people don't know who started it. Completely anonymous. Oh, and he wow. disappeared shortly after, which is interesting. Oh, wow. So okay. he let it, uh, we'll get to that in a moment, but we'll call him he for now. Okay. Uh, so Satoshi uh, reached out to several, uh, I guess, cypherpunks, people who are probably libertarian in mindset and mm-hmm. uh, really believe in cryptography being a way to be a sort of, I guess, liberating from any sort of government control, Mm -hmm. in in a sense. So he reached out to a group of cypherpunks through a mailing list and said, I'm trying to come up with a sort of digital currency technology, which eventually become the blockchain. 
Okay. And uh, he asked for their opinion. And he... Sorry, dog noises. <laughs> gets excited over crypto just as much as I do. <laughs> um, and anyways, he started um, developing and programming Bitcoin and, um, and started from there, really. Okay, mm-hmm. so what is blockchain then? Blockchain is really the technology that Bitcoin's based on. And okay. what it really is is just a ledger. Uh, essentially, I send you money and then it writes down my address, which is uh, my wallet address. It says, this oh, okay. identifies me. Okay. Right? And to your address, which identifies you. Okay. And it says, maybe I sent you one Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it writes in the ledger. And then all of the miners who are pretty much nodes who hold a copy of this ledger... Um, each have a copy of it, and it can't be changed. Oh, okay. And it's, it's cryptographically secure, meaning that <clears throat> if you try to change it, it will change the cryptographic hash, being uh, some sort of just a hash, just a series of letters and numbers that means something. Now, so you can't, like, hack into it? Exactly. Oh, okay. So if you try to change the original data, the hash will change. So then, thus, it'll make it invalid. Oh, But okay. every transaction is linked to the last hash mm. of these blocks. That's why oh, it's a chain a block of blocks. Chain. Okay. So like, things are done, essentially. And then that way, you can never change the past. So it becomes immutable. Every oh. tra- so, and it becomes, and it's completely transparent. So if I want to see any transaction, I can go see it on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. So, and then on top of that, though, you can also see how much Bitcoin someone has based off their address. So you can see what, how much money, I guess, other people have? Correct. Oh, and that's wow. a privacy issue. <laughs> yeah. But, but this, is, this goes back to why Satoshi Nakamoto made it in the first place of the financial crisis. Is that what banks were doing at the time was unethical. No one could audit them. Mm. And so by doing this, it gave a way f- uh, for any sort of financial holder to be accountable. Oh. And that's the revolutionary part behind it. Okay. So... Your wallet, it doesn't, does it have your name on it or it's just a number? So I can't see, like, I don't know how much money you have unless Mm. I know your wallet number, basically. Yeah, your wallet address. Okay. So if you gave me your wallet address, I could look it up in the Explorer is what we call it. Mm -hmm. And then you can see every transaction that took place in relation to that. Mm. So, yeah, and an address is just, I'm not sure how many characters, I always just copy and paste it. Uh, this dog. <laughs> Squeaky <clears throat> noises. Uh, and so, yeah, and so you can... <laughs> no, no playing right now. Okay. okay, slight interruption there. <laughs> but, okay, so back to the crypto. So how do people use the, the coin? Uh, so in some cases, when Bitcoin was a lot cheaper, you would see people like buying coffee with it. Oh, okay. um, but you don't really hear about that now because it's so expensive. People want to actually hold on to it. Okay. I think last year there was an instance in Texas where someone bought a house in Bitcoin. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and right now the argument that is that Bitcoin is a store of value more than everyday currency. So what does that mean exactly? A store value meaning is like a savings account, really. Oh, okay. So but honestly, if, if you have it, you can do whatever you want with it. If you want to use it to buy other altcoins, which we'll talk about later, uh, then do that too. So that way you can multiply your Bitcoin. 
That's true. I guess yeah. I just think like when I hear people talk negatively about it, it's mm-hmm. like you're rich in this money, but if people don't accept the money, it's kind of worthless. Like right. who cares? You can always change exchange it for fiat currency, like US oh, dollar, okay. euro, if you want. You know, there's exchanges and services out there. You pay a fee. So and pretty much if you went two or three times more on your Bitcoin than what's a few hundred dollars in fees right yeah but to each their own really it's it's up to you i like to hold my bitcoin okay so but you know do you anticipate that maybe it'll crash it seems like it's like a bubble right now well i don't i i personally believe it's really the pin that's gonna pop the bubble mm. oh don't okay. quote me on that someone else said that. <laughs> okay, like, that's very wise yeah so, you know, when you, if you, if you listen to or, or read what Satoshi Nakamoto really intended for Bitcoin, and you listen to other people who are really influential in the space, like Andreas Antonopoulos, you know, what they really say that Bitcoin can do and what it's showing that it can do is that it's going to turn our financial world upside down. Mm. And I've never seen a point in paying a bank to hold my money so they can invest in it so they can make profits. That's true. And I get 0.01% interest. <laughs> That's yeah, true. Yeah, serious, right? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So, and in addition to that, you give another hedge fund your money and then they take fees and mm-hmm. I, I don't see the point when Bitcoin comes to that, it's, and it's less than 1% global adoption. Let's, let's be yeah. frank. <laughs> and it's right now, today, it's valued between ten dollars to $11,000 for one Bitcoin. Like, that's a pretty astounding. Yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. And every time it's had a sharp correction, which we just saw from yeah. 20000 to $6,000 in a couple of days, it bounces right back up, mm. you know? So every time it happens, I get excited because I'm seeing the best fire sale of the year. Oh, so you bought more Bitcoin when it dropped to 6000 Yeah, I always buy the dip. Okay. Why, can't you? Why shouldn't you? Because I don't remember, last time I went to $3,000 was when... Uh, what's his face from JP, uh, JP Morgan Chase said it was a fraud and it, it oh. dipped hard and then China banned it too, probably like they always do. Uh, it's an opportunity that you should be seizing upon because I guess psychologically when we see it at $20,000, we think we should have it. Yeah. But then when it, when it corrects 80% to $6,000, we think it's a scam maybe. Yeah. So we get afraid and that's just being human. Yeah. So, but if you look at the data, you see that Bitcoin continues to rise every year at astounding heights, and it's, it's amazing. So when did you first invest in Bitcoin then? I actually invested in Ethereum first. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. So that was like obviously years before the hype. Like how many years ago was that? Which one? Uh, I Both oh, of them. Oh, well, Bitcoin came out in 2009. I think Ethereum, I don't really, I'm not too familiar with Ethereum's history, but I think it came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Anyways, when I bought it, it was about $400. Okay. I bought it right at the top. Yeah. <laughs> and that was in June. This is not very long ago. June of last year. Okay. Um, and I thought I was going to be... We're going to be millionaires. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I told my, I told I told my wife, said, you know what, babe? We have to jump on this Ethereum thing. It just went up to $400. It was... It was $30, you know, three months ago. Imagine what it's going to be in a year from now. And six months later, it's actually $1,000. Oh, so it's good. So you so, have yeah. made money, yeah. Yeah, so um, absolutely. So, and, and, but keep in mind that when I bought at $400, it went to 
$185 a couple months later. I should have bought more. Instead, I was feeling the pain of of embarrassment and telling my wife, hey, um, we're down 50% essentially. Yeah. Actually more. Um, And then now it's turned out to be, you know, extremely, extremely influential part of the market and the entire cryptocurrency space. Mm. They really helped define what a, what cryptocurrency could be and what the what a decentralized application could look like. So it's I think it's awesome. So what makes I guess these volatile sort of highs and lows of cryptocurrency that you don't really see I guess with centralized currency going up like twenty thousand percent in one day? Like mm-hmm. how, why does that occur with crypto? Uh, well, the market cap is so small, right? You know, uh, I think. The overall market cap right now is somewhere around five hundred billion or so. That's pretty small. I was looking at the Canadian stock exchange, and I think it was the Toronto stock exchange. It's fifteen trillion dollars. Oh wow! So you're talking about a penny in comparison to a dollar almost, right? Mm-hmm. So when you see a ten percent correction in Bitcoin, it makes a ripple effect like no other. Oh okay. And same thing, a twenty percent jump in Bitcoin is also another ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So just because the market cap is so small. That's the only reason why it has such strong swings. Okay. So you got into this a little bit earlier, but I want to expand. So basically, I got interested into crypto because I heard another podcast. It was a Tim Ferriss show talking about how, you know, this could basically alter society as we know it. I didn't think about it that way. Honestly, I was just thinking like, let me get rich off this real quick. (laughs) That's. (laughs) Exactly, that's what I was thinking. But really, if you think about it, this could, you know, get rid of the banking system Mm -hmm. and other, uh, you know, things that we are commonplace in society. So what do you think, you know, crypto can have effect, have like what type of effect do you see on crypto making on larger society? I think decentralization is really the the right step forward, in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. You know, central banking doesn't do much good for anybody and central and centralization period doesn't look good you know we see youtube censors videos right mm-hmm. because it may not line up politically or of some sort of agenda that they may have or and <clears throat> or what maybe society doesn't like right now but 10 years from now we're probably gonna think that's stupid it's and i i now i think it's very backwards thinking everybody has an opinion somewhat to share mm-hmm. something some sort of content and, you know, Bitcoin, unfortunately, got popular because of the Silk Road. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of Let's a Explain weird... what the Silk oh. Road is for people who don't know. Oh, so the Silk Road was like the online block, black market. Yeah. Where you can buy drugs and weapons <laughs> and uh, child pornography is another mm-hmm. one. And so it's, it was a pretty dark place. Um, the dark web. On the dark web, <laughs> yeah. You have to use like a Tor browser. And even someone who... There's a lot of works in the tech field. I don't even know how to use that stuff. <laughs> I've never visited the dark web. I um, hope not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I get paranoid. <laughs> and um, anyway, so people were using that as a way to uh, sell goods and services illegally on the internet. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a fascinating use case, right? And so we're seeing more interesting use cases like that where um, I think a really cool project is Augur. Um, which is a prediction platform. Okay. So I I remember when I got into it, it was right before the 2016 elections. And it was essentially a way to crowdsource uh, predictions. So you say, who's going to win the election, Hillary 
or Hillary or um, Trump. Trump. I don't even <laughs> want to know his name. <laughs> we all don't. <laughs> and um, so, anyways, uh, people will go and say Hillary Trump, yada yada yada. And then if you were and and if you hold the token rep, if I recall this correctly, how the the utility of the token is that uh, you get more if you were right. More, if you're the more right you are in your predictions that you put out there, the higher your reputation score is. Oh, yeah. This is so interesting. Then, so then, so then people can come to you to see what kind of predictions you make in the future. Oh wow! Isn't that cool? This is very yeah. yeah I've never so, heard of that. It's very really, interesting. It's a really fascinating one. There's also like so. There's so many fascinating use cases of decentralization and token economics that can really change the way we do things in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's another... I'm trying to think of a really another cool example. Uh, another one I really like is Numerai. And what they do is that it's cryptographic hedge funds. So what they say... You know, I'm, not, I'm not working the hedge fund business. Mm-hmm. Is that, um, you know, between... In the financial world, you know, there's no, some sort, there's no sort of collaboration between uh, financial institutions and investors, right? Yeah. But uh, and there's no way to share that data without compromising some sort of um, trade secrets, I guess you could say, or sensitive data, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what they did was that they developed some sort of cryptographic hash, crypto cryptography, to share the data, but not actually conceal the data. Okay. Uh, not actually to reveal the data. I'm sorry. So uh, what they now what they do is that they let data scientists take that data and participate in a sort of contest with their numerai token. Mm-hmm. Now, the more right you are, the more numerai you get. Mm-hmm. The more wrong you are, the more numerai you lose and they destroy it. Oh. So it decreases <laughs> the supply at the same time, so it drives the value up as well. And then people can come to you to see who holds the most numerai. Oh. See how good you are predicting. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> this is so strange to me. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if some people, you know, they like... I guess, rules and structure, mm-hmm. they say, you know, if we have this and they get rid of the banks, then what, I guess, what would society look like with no banks? Mm. How would people, say if you wanted to get a loan to mm-hmm. start a small business, what if I don't have enough Bitcoin? Would there be Bitcoin loans or interest rates on mm-hmm. Bitcoin? Do you think, do you foresee that happening? Well, there are platforms now where you could take the Bitcoin you have, and then also and get a loan out of it essentially and you mm-hmm. pay some sort of interest. Okay. And then you have your your portfolio your your bitcoins or whatever digital asset you have as collateral. So that's one way you could do it. Um, and then going back to your question about what if there is no banks? I don't remember the last time a bank did any good for me. You know? <laughs> True. Like I've my whole life I've been upset about how much I pay in fees. Mm-hmm. Only good thing is credit cards, which you get rewards out of. But yeah. you can, there's still models out there of, of different types of applications that are coming out on the blockchain that are coming out with rewards that are yeah. even better. You can, Metal Pay is a good example. Oh, what's um, that one? So Metal Pay, uh, they're actually based in the Bay Area. They're doing a sort of kind of a Venmo style uh, payment platform, and every time you sort of make a transaction with somebody, you get five percent. You get a five percent reward in Metal. Okay. And they have so much metal they're going to be giving away, essentially. And you can buy metal now on exchange if you want to. And they, the whole point is that they're encouraging people to make transactions to each other to earn more metal. They call it POP, proof of process payment. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a way of proving that it occurred. And you earn, the more you POP, the more you get, more metal you get, so that way you can spend it later on. 
So that's one model as well. And I think that's pretty cool because when you use Venmo, you don't get anything out of it. That's true. You get a dumb emoji. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would say this all sounds cool. My only qualm would be currently there's almost, you know, 5,000 different cryptocurrencies. So if we, I'm all for decentralizing banks, getting rid of banks. I agree with you. I think they serve to basically exploit people and self-interest rather than Mm -hmm. helping people, you know, attain financial freedom. It's sort of just trapping you in a loop of paying basically Mm -hmm. so but if there's you know five thousand different crypto how do i know which one to buy if we got to a point where there's no banks like if i go to my job and i get paid in bitcoin but my landlord accepts ethereum like how how is that (laughs) like this is the future i see it just Mm -hmm. seems sort of so much right no and that's that's a great question and what's kind of important in the space is that it forces you to really dig deep and research and see okay what am i investing in is this this the real deal or is this a scam you know what i mean or is this actually gonna work like you know you of course you don't know if it's gonna work of course yeah but you have to take a chance on it that's that's a risk but you have to all take risks in finance and investment Mm -hmm. so when that happens, then you just have to jump for it. Yeah, there's some very obvious ones out there. Uh, like BitConnect was a big one recently. That's a scam. Was, that right? was a big Ponzi scheme. And they got, I think they were subpoenaed by, uh, in Texas. Uh, oh, wow. So, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty well-known well known one recently. And then, then there's, of course, experts and, like, thought leaders in the space that you can follow on Twitter or look in, or ask questions to and ask for their opinions. And that's also a way you can go about it too. But, you know, you should just be careful, mm-hmm. manage your risk accordingly. Don't invest more than you're willing to lose. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you know, stay on top of everything. You know, these projects, you know, you they'll come out, they don't have really anything but maybe a white paper saying the purpose of their token or currency without uh, having anything built yet. That, that oh. happens all the time. You know, um, we're seeing that with Tezos and EOS and they're all run by really amazing um, developers. And uh, Oh yeah. Scamming is not a good look. Yes. So now how do you, where is a place where you can buy different types of crypto? Um, so usually you have to find a way to get Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So I got, I went through Coinbase to start off with. And then there's also Gemini mm-hmm. is another big one. Um, those are the two I can think of off the top of my head right now. You know, I've, I never, I started with a certain amount of money and I haven't invested any more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll move in and out between Bitcoin to fiat pretty frequently, but I'll never, I haven't exited the building so to speak okay you know? um so yeah you can do those ways there and then you can just google it and youtube it just absurd amounts of tutorials out there and how to do everything so and then once you purchase your first bitcoin or a fraction of a bitcoin which you can oh do, you can do that you can buy I a fraction of a bitcoin that. a fraction of an ethereum that's what i love about this space is that one thing i hate about the stock market is that i can't buy a fraction of a netflix stock or an yeah. amazon stock so unless, it's like if you don't have a lot of money it's mm-hmm. hard for you to even get your foot in the door exactly like and who wants the whole one amazon stock <laughs> 
So, but you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin, which is which not a lot of people know about. Yeah, I, I didn't wish, know that. And I wish these uh, retailers would just put it out there, say, "Hey, you can buy a fraction," and people would be really into that. And, yeah, you know, especially <clears> when it's twenty thousand dollars, maybe can't afford exactly. a whole Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, so people start taking out loans and stuff. You know, it's it's pretty nuts. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that you know people don't know about. Okay. Mm-hmm. So cir- I want to circle back a little sure. to the um, the central banking. Mm-hmm. So if there's no central banks, then nations really won't have to print money anymore. In so, theory, right? Yeah, in theory. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that would affect governments and nation relations in general? Well, if there's a government, government, governments always need taxes in order to push some sort of agenda, whether it be military, uh, growing the military, social services. So there just needs to be some form of taxation no matter what. I don't think fiat's going to disappear, really. Okay. You know, not in my lifetime, at least. I think uh, digital currencies, digital assets, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, yada, yada, will get only become stronger, more influential. And you're already seeing now in Arizona, they just passed a bill to... Um, pay your taxes in crypto. Oh, really? Yeah, so, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, like they want to collect those taxes. You That's know, crazy. That's what the government cares about. You know. Um, so, is Bitcoin currently like taxable? Uh, I, uh, from my knowledge of the tax code, if you go Bitcoin to fiat, or if you bought Bitcoin and you sold, and you made a profit. You went back to fiat. That is a taxable event. Okay. But if you were to hold your Bitcoin... Yeah, like, like peop- they wouldn't know technically. Technically, right? they could know, right? Yeah. If they subpoenaed well, Coinbase, yeah, that's they, true. they can do that, right? But they're probably okay. not going to do that. They already have, actually. Oh, they've yeah. done that to me? Yeah. Oh, wow! Because <laughs> of tax evasion, but of the past. Wow! Yeah, I didn't so. know that. <laughs> <laughs> so... They've already done that. Um, so you can't hide your money in Bitcoin no, to you avoid can't. And also, taxes. It's on the blockchain. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So it's on the blockchain too. So it's, it's all traceable, right? Unless you d- jump into some sort of private currency like Monero or Zcash, mm. where I don't really know the technology that well, but essentially uh, you don't have to prove anything to know it's you to, sh- to make that transaction. So all of these currencies, I guess, have a different function I was wondering, yeah. like, why do there need to be 5,000 different ones? Some features are more important for some people than others, right? Okay. Privacy is a big one. Yeah. Another one is speed. Mm. Another one is... Um, like the pot coin that's, like, right. to buy some yeah. weed. Mm-hmm. Why do you need special weed coins? Yeah, I, I don't see <laughs> the purpose myself, personally, unless there's some more utility to that, right? Um, a gram but, for every... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be pegged. It's not going to be pot coin to fiat. It's going to be pot coin to nuts. <laughs> people would buy them. <laughs> I, I'd actually going to start that ICO. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then I want to talk about Ripple a mm-hmm. little bit oh, because... Sure. Some people are mad because, like, it's like you've mentioned before, we started recording, it's like the anti-crypto, the Ripple. So explain a little bit what Ripple is and how does it differ from the other cryptocurrencies. So what a lot of people don't know is that Ripple is not only just a currency, but also a protocol. And when I say protocol, it's just a form of technology. Mm And so when I first heard about Ripple, I thought, wow, look at all these banks are using it. And at the time, I wasn't, I didn't really fully understand the purpose of Bitcoin. I was only in it for the money. Yeah. Um, 
And so I saw like, oh man, I saw this bank in Japan is using it, this bank in Europe is using it, this is gonna explode. But they're most likely, they don't say it if they're using the, they're, they're actually using Ripple, the currency itself, mm. or they're using the protocol. Now the protocol, but uh, for sure banks are using at least that because it is useful. Have you ever made a wire transfer before? No, but I worked at a bank mm-hmm. and like know what it entails. It's a hassle. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? And it takes days. Yes. You know, it's like five to seven bank days. That's like two weeks. Yeah. For some, you know, in some, in some times. So... Um, yeah, it's a, a lot of people jumped on Ripple because of that reason. But, and then 60% of Ripple is owned by uh, Ripple Labs, the, the company who, who, who's created Ripple, essentially. So we saw, uh, you, you see that and you think, well, that can be like a total pump and dump. Yeah. That's, that's market manipulation where majority of it is owned by a, a couple oh, people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so when Ripple ran up to $3 a couple months, I think maybe a month or two ago, uh, we all thought that was ridiculous in the crypto space because now we're seeing the Ripple guys richer than, you know, um, Elon Musk. Yeah, I saw yeah. that, but so, it's because they like, manipulated. They own so much yeah. Ripple. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So, and Ripple it's currency. basically like a centralized mm-hmm. bank, which is antithetical to the whole reason why it was created yeah so you know maybe you jumped on that trade because you could have made a lot of money i don't i'm not i don't there's a i don't i respect you for doing that uh max capitalizing the opportunity but for me it's it's pretty unethical yeah you know the whole point i'm in this now versus six months ago is because i see the potential of the technology or what it can do for society in a positive way Mm -hmm. that i would like to see society become but do you think, because I'm with you, I think it can be positive, but like I watch Mr. Robot, so <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but spoiler alert listeners, uh, so if, you haven't, if you're not caught up with Mr. Robot, uh, you're going to be now. So basically, that was the whole point of Mr. Robot in the first season, uh, first season Elliot, with his, you know, hacker group of society. They're trying to uh, bring down Evil Corp and banking and, you know, erase debt so people can be free. But they do that. And instead of people being free and people, you know, sticking to Bitcoin and digital currency, then you have the corporation that they were trying to fight. They just made their own cryptocurrency. They made e-coin. So now the society is just using e-coin instead of using, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin. Is that something you could see happening or how, how do you think like we could prevent that from happening? Just banks just start, you know, doing the same thing. What's mm-hmm. the difference? Well, in my mind, I already see the U.S. dollar as digital. When mm-hmm. I, I when I start my credit card, I don't. It's yeah. not done with paper. That's true. You know, when I open up my uh, bank app on my phone, it's numbers on a screen. Mm-hmm. I do direct deposit. I don't see cash in my hand. I go to the ATM on very rare occasions. And I think holding cash is a hassle to begin with. So in my mind, currency already has been digitalized because mm-hmm. maybe it's my generation as well too. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it, to really answer your question more directly, I think it's possible, you know, like uh, someone who can really move and shape the market like Amazon or Walmart, they can do that easily and people will jump on board. They'll incentivize uh, the, their customers to do it you know you, if you buy a hundred dollars in prime coins you'll get one month of prime free prime coin yeah, yeah. 
You heard it here first, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's totally doable, you know, but it's, it's up to us to be educated and up to us who want to see something better than that. I want to see a society better than that. Yeah, me too, me too. So is it too late for people to invest and sort of make a lot of money? You hear about these Bitcoin millionaires that bought it years ago and now they're rich. Like, do you see the trend still going up? Should people still buy or is it, you know, stagnant growth? Can people still make a lot of money from these coins? I think uh, to answer your question simply, yes. You know, uh, again, I'm not a financial advisor. You know, if I was to, if I was new to all this right now, I would enter the market. I would participate, mm-hmm. uh, not just because the fundamental reasons behind it, but also because the fact that the the entire crypto space itself is very young. Yeah, you know, that's true. we haven't even hit a trillion dollar market cap. And keep in mind, the dot com bubble I think was fifteen trillion oh, when wow. it popped. Um, so. We have a long way to go. And keep in mind, the dot-com bubble was a domestic event. Mm -hmm. Crypto is a global event. Mm -hmm. So we're really just getting started, in my opinion. Um, And we're not even seeing the maturation of these technologies yet. You know, the next amazing thing we're looking forward to on Bitcoin is, excuse me, is the Lightning Protocol, which is the next, is a layer on top, which can have faster transactions than what we have currently with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I'm not going into the technicalities of it, but it, it can compete with Visa essentially oh, in wow. terms of speed. So that's really cool because a lot of people have that issue with Bitcoin that it's too slow. Okay. You know, but it's already really fast if you think about yeah. it from like international banking perspective uh, where it's – because it's trustless. It can do that already. So you have that, you have that aspect to it, which is going to be really cool and revolutionary. And more people are going to jump on board. Does it mean now that I'm using my Bitcoin to buy coffee? Maybe, maybe not. But still, faster is better, I guess. Um, and then, and still, there's so, many, there's so many exciting different platforms and different types of currencies coming out with so many different benefits, right? You know, and let's put it this way. You know, when I worked in tech in, in a corporate level, we weren't just Microsoft or Windows, right? We also used Linux and we also used Mac. Mm-hmm. You know, companies in the in the near future won't just use Ethereum. They may also use EOS. They may oh, also okay. use um, uh, ICN. It, it, the, it goes on and on and on, you know, because there's different tools for every, for every need to be filled. But I guess if everyone can sort of make their own money, what's to just stop, like, any sort of smart person to be like i'm gonna make my own uh ray coin mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. everyone can just make their own money <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the market has to decide mm-hmm. it's up to the market to decide and that's the that's the that's the best answer i can give you because mm-hmm. it happens every day like i remember one of the first coins i saw was mao coin like mao zedong mao okay <laughs> I thought that was dumb, but it was pumping over a thousand percent that day. Is <laughs> some of the you said there was like some porn coin? Yeah, there's like a spank coin that's coming out. Uh, but it, and uh, but it's pretty liberating, you know. There's so many amazing use cases. <laughs> Spanking. <laughs> They're coming out with crypto boobies. I think it's what it's crypto called. Crypto boobies. Yeah, so what does can, that mean? I, I think it's supposed to be like a uh, like a porn star trading card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a world! 
yeah, what a world we live in. You can the, use that to buy mm-hmm. the sex dolls. Right. <laughs> Something like that. Because one of the biggest uh, biggest apps we saw was CryptoKitties. What People is were that? were buying digital cats. What? Yeah, you can buy a digital cat. I think Why it, would you buy that? Don't beat me. But it <laughs> well, I guess it's successful. like a Tamagotchi. <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah, so you can buy one for 15F, which is about 15 grand right what? now. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then you can breed them. <laughs> Dude, I feel like I just need to scam some nerds yeah. now. I need to make a co- ray coin come into the store near you. <laughs> so, and there was even like Ponzi coin, which they pretty much said this is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> it was called Ponzi coin? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was also the useless Ethereum token. That what? And then it, it went up a lot. So too. do people just make these things to troll people? Pretty, yeah, like, it, and it make happens. troll coins. <laughs> There's a troll coin actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can use any coin you can think of. It's it's been it's been made. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to make some coins yeah. and scam people it's as easy, well. Actually. Scam coin. Scam coin. <laughs> <laughs> It's easy, you say. Do you yeah. know how to make it? Uh, there's so many tutorials online. Oh, what? Yeah. Man, I need to make Scam Coin be a thing. Maybe I'll start a Kickstarter. Yeah, Listeners, Kickstarter. donate to Scam Coin. It's called an ICO, actually. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, ICO. So, so ICO is the equivalent to IPO. Well, I'm telling people I'm going to scam them. So. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> Scam Coin ICO. Donate. I'll be an advisor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... This is a lot of information. I feel like I learned so much and want to learn more. Where is a good place where there are more resources where people can learn more or people to follow and leaders in the mm-hmm. space, some names of people? So, you know, I would recommend reading Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper, original white paper. That's a great place to start um, because he pretty much outlined what essentially what a blockchain is, mm-hmm. the purpose of Bitcoin, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then from there, I'd probably go find Andreas Antonopoulos' YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's pretty much been a huge advocate in the space for Bitcoin. He's traveled around the world, spoke at universities. Oh, wow. Um, he's very well respected and highly regarded. Um, stay away from Roger Ver. Oh, who's that? <laughs> uh, he's kind of like, he used to be called Bitcoin Jesus. Oh, yeah. that sounds good. Yeah, he was. <laughs> saving the people. <laughs> and, then, and then after that, he came out with Bitcoin Cash, calling it the true Bitcoin. Oh, so, so he's like the Antichrist. Now, now he's the Antichrist, yeah. <laughs> and then his buddy Jihan owns 50% of the miners, so they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of influence over the network. So uh, if you listen to him... I would just tread carefully. He's a smart guy. Don't get me wrong. He's a good businessman. He knows what he's doing. He's a lot richer than me. Um, but keep in mind, though, at the same time, uh, he could be acting in self-interest. So now people can just buy Bitcoins. But I remember when I first heard about it, you had to, like, mine them. Mm-hmm. And was it, like, solve riddles? Like, what yeah. was the original so, way to get Bitcoin? <laughs> well, you can still mine if you want. Oh! You just know the rewards aren't as great as they yeah. used to be. And you need specialized hardware now. Um, So essentially mining is a way to validate the transaction on the network. Mm. Uh, So I send you a Bitcoin, right? And then a miner has to solve the math problem first. Now, the first one to solve it gets a reward of X amount of Bitcoins. Before it used to be a lot, like I think 200 or something, a lot of Bitcoins. So the early adopters were highly rewarded, essentially. 
And then every, I think, eight years now, there's a half. It's called the halving, where they make the rewards cut in half. Oh. So that way, it's kind of deflationary at the same time. Yeah. So in that way, um, the more people who are part of it, uh, down the road, eventually, we'll run out of Bitcoins to mine. So that's what makes it digital gold, essentially, too. I think 22 million is a cap or 21 million, 999, something like that, right? Um, but eventually, you know, adoption becomes so high and that there'll be so many transactions over the network that the miners can be paid in transaction fees alone. Okay. And mm -hmm. that basically, it sounds like it would sort of prevent inflation to do yeah. things well, that way. Well, it is deflationary. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you have a max limit on the currency itself. So it can't get anything more than that. Mm -hmm. um, but we, of course, as I said earlier, you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. So, and we call that, we call that denomination Satoshis or Sats for short. Mm -hmm. So like when we heard 50 cent became a Bitcoin yeah, millionaire, I saw that. we were calling them 50 Sats. <laughs> <laughs> so good for 50 cents. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm proud of 50. Uh, 50, right I thing. was like, he needs to have a financial show. He got rich from vitamin water, <laughs> Bitcoin, what else? What, he still what, got broke. Exactly. <laughs> like, whatever he's doing, I right. need to do. Because <laughs> he has all the secrets, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow, that's so interesting. Well, thank you for your time, Cobra. What's your Twitter? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at CryptoCobra. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure there's a... Uh, underlined symbol or anything like that, but I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me and follow me. Uh, I Hopefully I can provide you with some useful information, uh, lead you on the right path. And thank you, Ray Ray, for having me. Today. Oh, no worries. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for listening to the Stuff I Don't Like podcast. If you did like what you heard today, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and the podcast app. Also, do yourself a favor and follow me on the gram. My feed is lit. You will enjoy it for sure at underscore Stuff I Don't Like. You can also stream the show on SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just visit stuffidontlike.net for a complete listing of all the places you can find my show. Thanks and come back next Sunday at 9.30 p.m. for a new episode. Bye.